Let me invite you to pull out your Connections journal. It's in your bulletin each week. It looks like this. It's a guide for your prayer and study through the week. I hope that you'll use it. I hope you'll read the scripture readings we've given you and reflect on the questions we've asked and pray the kind of prayer suggestions that we've offered. And I hope this is a blessing to you in your quiet time with God each day. If you don't use this, I hope you use something else, some other daily devotional or some kind of way to get in the Scripture and connect with God each day. You'll notice on the back it's blank. If it helps you to take notes as you're listening this morning, please do that and use a pencil and a hymnal from the Q-Rack and, and make some notes and tuck that in your Bible on the way out and use it throughout the week. We hope that that is a blessing to you. Our scripture reading for this third Sunday after the Epiphany is Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. In my Bible, this little section is called the call of Abram. Listen for the word of God. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. And make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, shift happens. Turn to your neighbor and say, shift happens. It is true. Life is full of change. At home, at work, here in our church, in our country, in our relationships with each other, in our relationship with God, shift happens. Some changes we like, right? And some we really don't like. But like it or not, change is a reality. Change is a normal part of our human experience. So today I want to talk with you about how we approach change and to consider change as if life were a dance. Imagine if life were a dance. Do you remember that John Michael Montgomery song from the 90s? Life's a dance, you learn as you go. That's the idea. Life is a dance. Sometimes we are leading Sometimes we are following. Sometimes the dancing is graceful and beautiful and all the steps seem to flow naturally. Sometimes it feels like we have two left feet and we stumble and we fall or maybe it's just really awkward. One of the things I've noticed is that when it comes to handling change, many of us lack confidence. In the dance of life, some of us tend to be wallflowers, right? And we stand over against the side and we watch everybody else out there on the dance floor. And maybe we're a little jealous because it looks like they're having fun. And maybe we're afraid of looking foolish. But as we said last week, friends, we do not have to fear change. We do not have to be afraid because God will provide for us exactly what we need. And one of the things God provides is biblical wisdom about how to get through life with faith, with perseverance, with flexibility. So today I want to encourage you, I want to inspire you, I want to move you to quit holding up the wall and to get out on the dance floor and to learn some healthy habits for dancing through change in your life. 
Today we're going to learn some dance steps, dance steps for moving through the dance of change in our lives. And we might ask the question, why dancing? Of all the metaphors we might pick to think about life change, why would we choose dancing? Well, besides being just a great metaphor for life itself, there's some great dancing stories in the Bible. And I wonder if any come to mind for you. One of my favorites is from 2 Samuel chapter 6. The Ark of the Covenant was being installed in Jerusalem, and the story says that David danced before the Lord. David danced before the Lord. He was so full of joy, he was so full of excitement and exuberance at this sign, this reminder of God's covenant, God's promise to love the Israelites forever and ever, that with unbridled joy, the story says he danced with all his might. He danced with all his might. Dancing is also an image that we use to describe the, the character and the interrelationship of God with God's self. We use a Greek word called perichoresis to talk about the Trinity. Perichoresis literally means circle dancing. So I want you to imagine God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a circle, holding hands, dancing continually, round and round, Mutual love flowing out from Father to Son to Holy Spirit and back again. This is an image that, that the church fathers and mothers use to try to understand who God is and how God works. That to, to emphasize that in the interrelationship of the Godhead there is movement and there is mutuality and there is unity and there is beauty and there is rhythm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit continually participating in this self-giving flow of the love of God. And so dancing is a wonderful image to think about our life with God and with one another. So learning to dance can be tricky, right? How many of you have ever taken dance classes before? Anyone? Okay, great. So you've been there. You know that sometimes it helps to have a dance instructor, doesn't it? It helps to have someone to teach us the dance steps. So I want to introduce you to our dance instructors this morning. We have two of them, and their names are Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah. Now, they may seem like unlikely dance instructors, but Abraham and Sarah lived through a massive amount of change in their lives. And by their example, they teach us how to dance through the changes of life with faith. So what do we know about Abraham and Sarah? Well, we know that they are the original Old Testament patriarch and matriarch. They are the father and mother of a great nation, of the nation of Israel. And together with their son Isaac and their grandsons Jacob and Joseph, they would establish the nation of Israel in relationship with God to live out this covenant that God has established with them. God spoke to Abraham and told him that he would be the father of many children. And that's why we sing that song, right? Father Abraham had many sons. You know it. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. And there's a lot of verses. You start moving your right arm and your left arm. You might remember Bible school. Okay, you've, you've been there. So Abraham was told he would have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. That's a lot of kids, right? That's a lot of kids and grandkids. Abraham and Sarah were promised children, and they were also promised a home. They were promised a place for God's people to live, and the Bible calls it the promised land. 
the promised land. So this is the character and this is the content of God's covenant with Abraham and Sarah. God promises descendants and a place for them to live. And Abraham and Sarah promise to be faithful to God and to go wherever God leads them. And even when their future is unknown, they said yes to God in obedience and in trust. So look with me at Hebrews 11, verse 8, and we've got it for you here. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. Can you imagine? Can you imagine setting out because God has called you? Not knowing where you're going, but trusting God because God is the one who has asked you to move. You see, this was a huge change in their lives. God called Abraham and Sarah to move to a new place, to start over, a fresh start. And keep in mind, we're not just talking about a move across town. This is not as if you're relocating from Bedford County to Campbell County. This is a move of a long distance and a new place. This is not just an upgrade where you're moving into a, a new house with a, an open floor plan and four bedrooms and gas fireplace and master bedroom ensuite. No, they are relocating their entire lives. Willingly, by the way, which I think is the most extraordinary part of the story, very willingly trusting in God's grace for them to establish a new home in a new place, and they are going to a place called Canaan, where they have never been before, and they're doing it sight unseen. Sight unseen. Can you imagine? I've heard stories of families who are moving to a new community, and perhaps one spouse goes ahead of the other because the work has started, and yet the rest of the family hasn't uh, been able to come just yet. And one spouse says to the other, sweetie, just go ahead and pick out a nice house for us. Can you imagine moving sight unseen? I don't think I'd be willing to take that risk on behalf of my wife and my kids. Gosh. So Abraham and Sarah, they traveled with no moving truck, by the way, over 500 miles from Haran to Canaan, which may as well have been on the other side of the world. If you and I want to travel 500 miles, we jump in our car or we get on an airplane and it's no big deal. But for them at this time, this was the other side of the known world. And so that would be something like you and me going to the moon. It would be as if God said, pack your bags, the rocket is going to blast off on Tuesday, get ready, you're going to relocate, you're going to start over somewhere else. That's the type of move that we're talking about. This was a huge change. This was a huge shift in the lives of Abraham and Sarah and their family. And to their credit, they said yes. They said yes, and they danced through this change. So this brings us to our first dance move. Are you ready? Open your hand. I want you to do this with me. Open your hand. This is a crucial first dance move because it's hard to dance, have you noticed, when your hands are full. It's hard to dance when your hands are full. And our hands are full, aren't they? We carry around a lot of stuff in our lives. We worry about our kids. We worry about our grandkids. We, we think about paying the mortgage. And we, we uh, think about this new president that we have for the United States. 
We make new commitments for this year. We carry all these things around with us so that our hands are almost always full. And so first we need to open our hands because you see, only when we let go of these things can we receive the gifts that God has for us. You see, when our hands are full, it's hard to receive anything. But when we open our hands and let go of those other things, we can receive the new thing that God has for us. And this is what Abraham models for us. We hear it in his call story. God said, leave your country, leave your extended family, go to the land that I will show you. I'm going to bless you and you will bless others. And Abraham went. He went. He and his wife Sarah, they said yes. They opened their hands to the new thing that God was doing in their lives. Now keep in mind, Abraham was 75 years old when this took place. And Sarah was 65 years old when they set out to follow the Lord into this new thing. So they were no spring chickens, right? But we all know 75 is the new 35. So it'll be okay for the rest of us. In faith, they open themselves to these changes. They open their hands to let go of what was familiar, to let go of their country, to let go of their home, to let go of their extended family, to let go of their old life. And in its place, God put in their hands a new country and a new home and a new life and a new calling. God even changed their names. His name was changed from Abram to Abraham, which means the father of many. And her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah, which means the mother of nations. This would be the new roles that they would play in God's inbreaking kingdom. The open hand signifies willingness. When we open our hands, we can receive and participate in the new thing that God wants to do in our lives. So think for a moment, if you would, about your spiritual posture toward God. What is your spiritual posture toward God? Do you live with a closed hand? With fear? With anxiety? With greed? With, with a desire to cling to control for your own life? With a desire to cling to what is familiar? Or, or do you live with an open hand toward God? Willing? and available, and honest, and free, free to say yes to God's call. God invites us to open our hands, and when we do, we are ready to receive and enter into the promised land that God has for each of us. So that brings us to our second dance move. After you open your hand, you reach out. So everybody do that with me. Open your hand, and now reach out. Reach out. When you are dancing, reaching out allows you to take hold of your dance partner to make a connection with the one with whom you are dancing. As disciples, we have a dance partner for this life, and his name is Jesus Christ. My friends, your dance partner is Jesus. And when we reach out, we can make a connection with our Lord. You know what's so great about having Jesus as your dance partner? He's a good dancer. He is a good dancer. He knows all the dance moves. He's familiar with all the songs that play in our lives. And he knows the ones that you have the most trouble with. 
So when you stumble and you fall, He's right there to scoop you up and make it look like you meant to do that and make you look good in the dancing in your life. So when you reach out and you let Him lead and you follow, beautiful things happen in your dance with Jesus Christ. So when you trip or lose your rhythm, He's right there to guide you. He's right there to help you dance with beauty and grace. I'm reminded of Paul's sermon in the book of Acts. Paul was preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to the people of Athens. And Paul said this, From one man God made all the nations. God did this so that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He is not far from any one of us. My friends, you see, God's method in creating this world and all of us was done with the intention that in response we would seek after God. We would reach out for God and find Him because He is nearby. God is close to us all the time. You see, for all the mystery of God and all the unknown things about God, God desires to be known by us. This is why we have the revelation of God's Word in the Scriptures. Because God wants to be known by us. This is why we have the incarnation of Jesus Christ on Christmas. Because God wants to be known by us. This is the reason that God speaks to us through prayer and through music and through conversations. Because God wants to be known by us. God wants us to reach out for Him and find Him you know, reaching out also allows us to hold on to God's promises. And we can remember this morning that God always keeps God's promises. Abraham and Sarah were promised a blessing and to be a blessing. God said to them, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now we can imagine that at some point on their long journey of hundreds of miles from Haran to Canaan, Abraham and Sarah surely asked themselves, what are we doing? Is this really right? Are you sure about this? Gosh, I don't know. We're starting over. This is scary. This is difficult. This is different. And we can imagine them reaching out and holding tight onto the one thing that would sustain them through this journey, and that is the promise of God. The promise of God to sustain them, to bless them, and to be a blessing to others. Our third dance move, look up. Our third dance move, look up. You know, sometimes I've noticed when we're dancing, we have a tendency to look at our feet. You ever do that when you're starting out dancing? Oh, okay, what am I supposed to do now? And we're a little timid about the whole thing, and, and we're lacking confidence. My friends, we need to look up. We need to look up. This is a good reminder because, you know, sometimes when we're going through change, we have a tendency to, to look down, to focus on the way things are right now, or, or to long for the way things were in the past, to be timid about change. And so sometimes we look at ourselves or we look in the mirror and we see the limits of what we are able to do and not able to do. Or sometimes we look around and we look at each other or we look at our leaders. And as much as we would like to depend on them, we know that neither are they the ultimate answer. Our new president was 
sworn in on Friday, and we root for his success because his success is our country's success. But we remember that as we face the challenges of this life, Mr. Trump will not be enough. He will not be enough. We need to look up, my friends, to look toward heaven, to see what God is doing in our lives. This is faith. This is faith to trust God, to see what is lying ahead of us, to anticipate, to envision, to cultivate a holy imagination, to look for the fulfillment of God's promise to us. You know, on their way to the promised land, Abraham and Sarah walked through a desert. And when they finally got there, they saw that the land was actually already inhabited. Canaan was full of Canaanites. Go figure. Would there be room for Abraham and Sarah and and all of their family? On top of that, there was a famine in the land. In other words, Abraham and Sarah faced obstacles. They faced challenges. When we face obstacles... When we are faced with a lack of resources, we are invited to look up for God's provision, to trust that God is going ahead of us, to trust that God will provide exactly what we need. I love the words of Psalm 121. This is an expression of our faith. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My friends, Lift your eyes to the hills. Look for where your help is coming and know that it is coming from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You know, the only way we can see it is if we look up. How many times has God been offering help? How many times has God been moving in our lives? But we couldn't see it because we were looking down. And we're invited instead to look up and see what God is doing. So far we've learned to open your hand to reach out, to look up. And finally, the fourth dance move for this morning is to step out. To step out. When we face change in our lives, it's tempting to just stop and be still, to refuse to move. But remember, our God is not a God who stands still. God is on the move, my friends. God is on the move. God was on the move when he led Abraham and Sarah to Canaan. God was on the move when he led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Jesus Christ was continually on the move in his ministry. Rarely did he stay in one place for very long. Remember that idea of perichoresis we talked about at the beginning of the sermon? Within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is movement. God is moving in the world. And he invites us to do the same, to step out and to do so in faith. If we're going to dance through the changes in our lives, we have got to be willing to move our feet. Consider how Abraham handled this new thing in his life. Look with me again at verse 4 from chapter 12. The story says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Abraham took a first step. A first step in the direction of obedience, in the direction of God's will, in the direction of his new life with his wife Sarah. And this is the step of faith. Because he did not know what the new place would be like. He did not have all the details of his new life and his future laid out for him. It was unknown to him. But he went. 
He went. He trusted God. He believed in the covenant with all his heart. He believed in the promises of God to prosper him, to bless him, and to make him a blessing to others. So this is what dancing through change looks like. Opening your hands to receive the new thing that God is giving you. Reaching out to touch God, to make a connection with Jesus Christ. Looking up to see that God is coming and God is coming to help. And to step out to move in a new direction because of our faith in God. My friends, we have such an incredible opportunity. We have a chance to embrace the change that God is leading us to in our lives. And it's true. You know, sometimes the dancing is graceful and beautiful, and sometimes it flows so wonderfully and naturally that it just feels effortless, and we feel like we're on top of the clouds, and we say, thank you, God. This is beautiful and amazing. And sometimes the dancing is a bit awkward, and we step on each other's feet, and sometimes we stumble, and sometimes we fall. But my friends, whether it's beautiful or whether it's awkward, remember this, the most extraordinary thing of all, your dance partner is Jesus Christ. God wants to dance with you today. Our closing hymn is 261.